Loading Erica's podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Live from New York City, it's the Erica Finn Show. And your host who gets up close and personal with celebrities from the stage and beyond, Erica Finn. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Erica Finn, and today we are here with Broadway actor Chris McCarroll. Hello, Erica. Hi. Um, (laughs) You played the role. I'm going to give some background on you. Uh, Chris played the role of Lost Boy Nibs in NBC's Peter Pan Live and is currently on the Broadway stage playing the role of the romantic Marius in Broadway's Les Mis. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm good. I'm good. I'm sitting on my roof having my, my cup of coffee. You are. That's a. That sounds like where I'd like to be right now too. Actually, it's gorgeous out, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, Lame is. That's your Broadway debut, correct? Yes. 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 Congrats. You know, that's the Thanks. first show I ever. I mean, I probably saw Annie or something. I mean, I'm from Michigan, and I saw some of the touring productions. But the first show I really remember seeing was being like 11, 12 years old and going to see Lame is with my best friend. What was your first? Do you remember your first Broadway production? My my first Broadway production um, was probably The Lion King. But the first it one was. that I, like, freaked out over was Wicked. That was, like, we planned the whole trip to go see it. It was, like, my Christmas present. But I remember that one the most. I barely remember Lion King, but Wicked I remember just freaking out over. What about that show? Like, what... In particular, were you it was the first out one where like I I knew the I knew the cast album so well, so me and my mom would be listening to the cast album for months. So we knew like every word and we loved every song. And then when we saw the show and finally saw it live and saw all these songs that we just kind of made up stories in our heads about how they would link together and kind of what was happening. And then you actually saw the show. That was the like the most exciting part. So when I see like you know, families, and they're all mouthing Les Mis lyrics together. You know, it brings me back to coming to New York with my family and knowing a show inside and out and finally getting to see it on stage. So a lot and of people have that then? kind of relationship. Um, I, was, I was probably like 11, 12. 11, yeah, around the same age as me. And you're, you're Midwestern as well, right? Aren't you from Ohio? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And you went to Baldwin Wallace College in Ohio. Yes. Did you yep. when you went to college at that point? Did you? I know it's like a liberal arts college. Did you know that theater was what you wanted to pursue? Was that like already yeah, going yeah, yours? Yeah. yeah, I auditioned and I got into the music theater program, um, which is pretty uh, intense over there. So you kind of have to know that you want to go into it, and you know you want to move to New York and become an auditioning actor. So I was pretty uh, headstrong. It's what did you learn even. there? Like, is there one thing that you, like, still apply in a day-to-day basis? I'm sure there's more than one thing, but, like, is there something that stands out from you as being, like, the moment yeah, where you said, okay, this is why I went to school, to learn this, you know, or to get better yeah, at this? In high school, in high school, I was always I was kind of an instinctive actor and an instinctive musician, but I wasn't really a musician when it came to, like, you know, reading sheet music quickly and just kind of, musicality, and uh, Baldwin Wallace, it's a conservatory of music, so they kind of uh, retrained how I thought about music, but I use that every day. But, like, a lot of acting to me is instinctual, but music is really a 
a skill that takes so Thank much uh, kind of book smarts. You have to you have to break it down to the theory of music. Um, and I learned a ton of that in college, which really has helped me. I'm sure it's helped you. It sounds the, the second I hear the word theory, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was me. <laughs> I hated it, and then I remember I, I went into my acting teacher, and I was like, I'm tired of learning all this music theory. And he's like, then why are you here? And I'm like, I want to do acting. He's like, but you need the music, too. I remember this like, one moment where he kind of like drilled it into me and made me realize that half the reason I'm at a conservatory of music is to get that backbone. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, so we're going to college. Did you move right out to New York? Right after college, did you move? You did. And how long did it take? I mean, I know you started out as an understudy. How long did it take to get um, that that role in uh, Les Mis? Um, Well, one of the first auditions when I came to New York was for Marius. Um, And I went pretty far in that, but I was so nervous because I was so new. Um, And then a few few weeks later, they were like, come back for the Marius understudy and the Jolie student track. and that was probably a month into New York. So I found out about that pretty quickly when I got it. But then we didn't start rehearsals until January. So even though I knew I had a Broadway show coming, um, I was still like a poor, struggling student, new, fresh into New York actor for uh, a few months, um, even though I knew I had a Broadway show, which is funny. But isn't it, I mean, was there a moment where you're like, I mean, it's really quick how quickly you got a role. I mean, and you're, you know, fresh to New York. Like, did you have a moment of, like, this is coming a little too easy? Like, I can't believe I just landed, like, lay Miz, you know, like, classic lay Miz. Well, it was never too easy. I always felt like I was kind of one step outside of my comfort zone. Like, everything was just kind of happening one step too quick. Um, so I just kind of was along for the ride, but I never felt like it was under my belt. I never felt like, oh, this is so easy. I was always, like, a little overwhelmed. Like, that first Broadway rehearsal, I was like, I am a little overwhelmed, but this is good. So I always felt like I was kind of pushing myself, but it never felt easy or um, that I had it all under control. <laughs> I still don't Well, and like I don't mean it in, like, a cocky way, but almost like, a, you know, like, oh, I thought I'd be struggling for, like, a year or two, and I've already, you know, I'm I'm already going to be in a show, you know, like, that's such yeah. a great. I mean, it's, you know, you clearly it's, have good auditioning skills. <laughs> I don't know if they helped prepare you for that at Baldwin Wallace, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it blew my mind, because there was, like, um, there was one weekend where I knew that I was really close to getting it, my agents were like, you are really strongly in the mix. That's like code for, you know, we think you got it, but uh, we need to see it on paper first. So there was this weekend where I was just kind of like, am I about to have a Broadway offer? Like, I'm not ready for this. Like, I've dreamed of this for years. But it took a while for me to to kind of come to terms with it. It, it didn't feel real for a while. Had you seen the the Broadway production before you auditioned for it? No, I saw the tour. Um, I saw the tour when I was in college. It came through Cleveland, and a lot of the same actors are in our production now, so it's funny to talk to them about it. Um, and that was the first time I saw Les Mis. Um, but I remember seeing the tour, which is similar technically, um, 
you know, same lighting designer, same directors. Um, so it was a similar production, but I, bar- I barely remembered it when I auditioned. But I think that's what helped me, honestly. And a lot of people that are coming in, um, like a lot of the new replacements are kind of fresh out of college, and a lot of us don't didn't know the show that well. And I think when you approach the material kind of un, untarnished by, you know, the, the reputation and the decades of how people have done this show, that's when you kind of breathe some new fresh light onto it. So I did not know the show that well when I auditioned. Uh, but I think that actually helped me. Yeah, no, it sounds like it was. Like, so since you've been in it, have you seen the, have you seen the movie, the the yeah. recent and I saw the movie, movie before. So I knew okay. the story, but it's not sure. like um it's not like some people who have lived and breathed it since childhood, you know. I I never had that experience with the show. Yeah, well yeah, you're a younger generation, so I mean yeah. that would make sense to me. Um have you ever met Eddie Redmayne who played No uh, Marius in the film? No. <laughs> No. Um, uh, but now, I remember watching now, the the making of the Les Mis movie, and I was like, uh-huh. "Oh my God, Eddie Redmayne and me play the same part." Uh huh. <laughs> Pretty cool, right? So one day maybe I'll meet him. I'll be like, "Hey, I play Marius." <laughs> now theater is, of course, very demanding physically. I mean, I've heard stories from many other guests: broken bones, fevers, headaches. You know, you're still performing on stage. I worry about you guys. <laughs> How are you holding oh, up you. physically? <laughs> um, well, what's good is the, the show. The show takes good care of us. So we have um, uh, physical therapists that come in twice a week, and you can schedule slots with them, and they kind of like help you out by like, you know, digging into your shoulder or whatever hurts. But they're also good at like modifying the show with you. So I remember going to the physical therapist, and I was having a lot of, like, neck injuries from how I died when I got shot as Jolie um, back before Marius. And she helped me, like, come up with a, you know, physically smart way of dying that looks good but is also technique healthy for your body. So there's a lot of, and there's kind of, like, a team of people that um, help us make the show easy to do eight times a week um, while it still looks exciting and raw um but marius marius barely does i mean i get thrown around and carried around by uh jean valjean but physically it's not as crazy as i was used to in the ensemble track i had but yeah we hold up i don't know but i'm also like 23 or oh my god i'm 24 uh but if you talk to like the older people i'm sure they have a whole different (laughs) different response to that is that typical? I mean, you're the first person that's mentioned um, physical therapists on the set. Is that is that typical? Or is that yeah. Something? Um, in, yeah. A lot of my friends in other Broadway shows, if they're pretty physical, especially dance shows. You know, Peter Pan, we had a physical therapist. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of standard, I would say, in a physically demanding show because it keeps, you know, it's a team that keeps injuries down, but it's also a good, good people to teach because they're so knowledgeable about, like, how your body works and what is getting worn down and how to fix that. So it's just good people to have on set or on on backstage with you. What surprised you the most? I mean, you mentioned earlier, you know, when you first started being really overwhelmed 
um, naturally, I would expect so. What has surprised you the most about being on Broadway? I would say how um, I thought it would be much more cutthroat. I thought it would be much more like you have to go out there and prove that you belong on Broadway. And if you don't hold up, we'll get someone to replace you. Um, But I've been really surprised at how, you know, supportive the creative team has been and castmates have been. Um, And really, when you do eight shows a week, it kind of becomes much less high stakes than you would assume. You know, if something goes wrong, it's like one show of eight that week. There's so many shows that you do that um, you start to get... um, they don't become so intense and, you know, I don't get nervous that something's going to go wrong because I know I have a second chance probably in eight hours, you know. So that, that's that been very surprising, how um, how kind of low-key shows have become and how freeing that is artistically to, you know, try new things and to be relaxed on stage. I thought it would be much more, you know, intense and uh, tension-y. I don't know. So you That's don't you don't find funny. yourself beating yourself up as much as you thought right. you might be. Like, oh, I made this mistake. Yep. 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 And what's what's like forward thinking? Um, what's something funny that's happened? Like, what's a blooper that has happened on stage <laughs> to you? Um, like the first time I went on as Marius when I was understudying at the end of empty chairs at empty tables, right on the the big button, you know, it's a dramatic song. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go inside. It's getting windy. Um, Right at the big button of the very dramatic song, I was supposed to blow out a candle. So it was my first time on stage, and I'm like, yes, I sang my song. Now I just got to blow out this candle. So I blew it out so hard that all the white wax went all over my face. So I ended <laughs> in these chairs, like my first solo song on Broadway, with wax sprayed. It was in my eyebrows. It was all oh my over my face. <laughs> So I just slowly, like, bow my head and, like, try to hide my face from the audience. Not stuff like that, but, you know. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no one even noticed. Or, like, one time we have to ad-lib a lot, and um, one time, you know, Marius comes in, and I was one of the students sitting at the table, and he goes, uh, I just met this girl, da-da-da-da-da, and we're ad-libbing, and I go, did you get her now? And I almost said, did you get her number? Because I, was, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I was just being stupid. And apparently it went through his mic and the house could see it because people in the audience that night kept tweeting me that they heard me almost say, did you get her number? So stuff like that. And you're just like, oh, my God, I just accidentally did that on Broadway in front of 1,500 people. But then you just move on. <laughs> Do you have a favorite line or song like that you just, you know, is your favorite to say Um, or sing? I mean, my favorite song is definitely Empty Chairs. Um, Mm -hmm. And I get really excited. Um, I just like how still it is. You know, the show... The show gets moving and it's so epic and sweeping and you know, lighting and guns 
Um, and there's few moments in the show where it's just still, but bring him home is like one still moment, but empty chairs, you know, the stage clears and it's just these candles on stage. And like it's the first time I get to kind of breathe as an actor and as a character on stage, but I just love how still that song is. Um, so that's why probably. Your character, of course, falls in love with Cosette, and you sing together that beautiful song, Heartful Love. What yep. do you draw upon to create the motion that that scene and that song require? The lighting to that and place? the set and the costumes. Uh, that's what's so, what's so mm-hmm. exciting about working on Broadway for me is how many geniuses you're surrounded by and how that helps you. So, like, all I have to do is look around me during that song, and I get I get it, you know. You know, the lighting is just this golden amber pouring in over this gorgeous house with this overhang, and behind me there's projections of, like, trees and foliage and this gorgeous gate that I climb over. So, you know, this girl comes out, and she's, gorgeous and this gorgeous dress so you just kind of get into the world that they set up for you and that's all it really takes because the world they create is so epic and beautiful that you can just slide right into it and kind of live out that scene so it requires a lot less work than you know if I was on a a bare stage with a low budget set and costumes you have to kind of act a lot more but it really requires a little acting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that orchestra, you know, that orchestra <laughs> going underneath you, it's like, it's it's hard not to, you know? Yeah, be, yeah it's hard not to feel, yeah, to fall in love yeah. every night over and over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, you're fairly new to New York and you started a show right away. Are, you know, I would think being in a show like six nights a week, there's not much time for social life, Um are most of your friends castmates or fellow actors? Like, how do you, you know, find um, people to hang out with? <laughs> yeah, on your a lot schedule? of my friends are. A lot of my friends are fellow actors, um, but you know, some are people are sometimes working, sometimes not working. But there's kind of this, um, you know, very few of my friends are like nine to fivers. That usually doesn't work. <laughs> Um, work well, but, you know, we stay up late. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the thing. You know, the earliest I have to be at a show is at a 1.30 call time, and that's only two days a week. The other times, you know, I start work at 7 o'clock. So a lot of my social life is late at night, and that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going crazy and partying, but, you know, we'll stay up and play board games and talk, um, you know, invite people over. Like, it's not abnormal for me to be like, hey, come over and hang out, and it's 11.30 at night. Um, so you just kind of re, you know, reshift your your day to, you know, a normal person's end of their work day is at 6, mine's at 11. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So we just kind of all, we're 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 late, what, what do they call that, night owls or night owls. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. have to be, right? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm social at the, all the time, yeah. So I saw a tweet on your Twitter account, and you might know what I'm about to ask you, (laughs) but I saw a tweet that said, I'm hosting the Tonys. So I wanted to know what what was the story behind that. It got picked up a little bit by other people. So. um. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, (laughs) I tried to, uh, uh, there was this, 
this hashtag thing that kept going around, and I just kept seeing it pop up more and more, and it developed this, like, cult following, I guess, and it said, can Chris McCarroll please host the Tonys? And it was a hashtag. And it was, it's been almost, like, three months of people just keep bringing this up. And I was like, what the heck are they talking about? And then finally there was, like, a big article, and it was, like, Neil Patrick Harris, um, confirms he is not hosting the Tonys. And so I was just being stupid, and I was like, this is it. I'm hosting the Tonys. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, it was more of just like a little wink at, at the fans who have kept <laughs> bringing this up. Um, but that's why. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, he knows about the hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Is this something? Is it something you'd love to do one day? I mean, is that something like you oh my know? God. Being I would have a panic attack. That would be on my bucket list of like, you, if you can do that, you can do anything. Oh my goodness, I would be so nervous. I almost threw up just just performing on the twenties as an ensemble member. I remember Casey Levy was like holding my hand, and I was like, Casey, I'm about to throw up, and she's like. I had to sing a ballad on the Tonys. I was dying. Oh, wow. Like, people don't understand how nerve-wracking that place is. Like 5,000 people sitting at Radio City and then millions on these freaking cameras, and you've barely have rehearsed it. Oh, my God. If I had to host And, it, I mean, those 5,000 people, a lot of them are, like, they're all your peers or people you've looked up to. Yeah. I mean, they're... Yeah. Everyone in one it's, room. Oh, I can imagine. I would be, oh, I mean, I'm not crazy. a performer. I can throw up right. just thinking about it right now. <laughs> right. I was in the hallway, and I didn't even have to sing by myself. But, like, and that's, like, one of the reasons I thank God I kind of entered Broadway as an understudy, because I, I got to see kind of what I was getting myself into without really feeling, I, I could see the pressure and what I would need to perform under it, but I didn't have to do it yet. So I was like looking at Andy, who played Marius then, and I was like, Andy, how are you going to go out there and sing live? Like, how are you going to, like, I can't even imagine doing that right now. And he's just like, yeah, just do it. So, you know, you learn a lot just kind of being around it and seeing what you might have to go through one day, but oh my god, I've never had that much anxiety, and I've been performing for a while. So that but was worse than like your first night out as is Marius. In oh the, my god, in... so much worse. Really, so much worse. Yeah, I don't know why. And and you're like crammed into a hallway, so like the Tony Awards are going on, and like you hear the live broadcast. And, you know, they have TVs set up backstage of the live broadcast. And you're, like, cramped in the hall- hallway, and then they're, like, lame is, lame is. And then you go behind the set, and you hear the Tony Awards happening. And then all of a sudden, this thing lifts up, and you guys have to, like, start performing your song. Oh, my God. Yeah. Terrifying. But the first time, you, like, I went on, it was, like, my living room. You know, the Imperial, I'm there every day of the week, pretty much. So it's like performing in my own home now. So I felt at home there. So there's this another, we were talking about Twitter, there's this Facebook social media campaign um, you might have heard about to get Adam Pascal on as the next Jean Valjean. 
So I was wondering, yeah. you know, if you were aware of this and what the cast thought about that. I mean, it's an a very atypical way of casting. I mean, he's great though, but um, yeah. I mean, we, there's a there's a whole, you know, a large team that is in charge of casting for our show. So you know, the cast always like talking about replacements or what we might think, but we really have no clue what's going on um, when it comes to that stuff. But yeah, we heard about it and we were like. Can you imagine? But yeah, we I have no idea. They could they could say any name for the next Valjean and I would be like, Oh, did not see that coming you know, we have no idea what's going on in their heads for that. But I'm so excited. It's gonna be yeah, a whole I, new I hope show they in. do it. I hope they do it. I think that would be really cool. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's being considered. They they search high and low, so so we'll see. Now, I saw that you're doing a show at 54 Below on June 1st. Um, Can you tell me about it? Yes, um, 54 Below, I did um, a few concerts there. um, And they were like, do you want to do a solo show? And I was like, yeah, but if I'm going to do a solo show, I'm going to do it like my way. And they're like, okay, let's do it. So I've been, you know, I wake up and I, I get my scratch pad out and I've been brainstorming up song ideas and um, fun friends to bring in, surprises. So it's going to be <laughs> in college. We had to do kind of senior recitals, which was an hour where we just make a show of our own, you know, uh, hour set of songs and talk in between. So I've kind of had some experience of kind of making my own show and making, making it my way. So I'm excited to kind of bring that to New York, um, but it'll be fun. Now, what kind songs. of genre of music are you doing? Broadway? Are you doing pop? What What are you? Everything. Uh, There's going to be some Nicki, some Nicki Minaj, some like acoustic covers of of other pop songs. There's going to be some Sondheim. Um, okay, I'm going to make a request then because <laughs> yes. I saw you do this online and I was like, this performance is incredible. What goes around comes around. Can you consider I'm adding that to your playlist? It. Yeah, I'm thinking I about it. it, and I have the same music director who's in charge of um, the Broadway Sings concerts, which is all you know. Broadway Sings Justin Timberlake is whenever I sing that. So the guy who's in charge of arranging that and the the band for that is my music director. I'm so excited about it. Um, so we'll see, but there'll be like a lot of fun, cool new arrangements of songs that you know that might be in there. I don't know. Hmm. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, that was a real. I thought it was a fresh version of it. I, I just, I thought you did a great job of that song. Um, thank you, thank you. So. Yeah, it's gonna be stuff like that. You know, fresh, fresh takes on songs that you love. So it's almost time to go, but before we do, I have this game I play called Sixty Second Speed Through. So I'm gonna rapid fire some questions at you, and we have sixty seconds to get through them. Oh Lord. You ready? You just scare me. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. All right. Here you go. Three things you can't live without. Um, oh, shoot. Gosh. Um, my cell phone. Uh, my, 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 my bag that I carry everything in and my favorite pair of boots. <laughs> if, you, if you had a betta fish, what would you name him? Um, tiger. New York City or L.A.? Oh, my God, New York City all the way. Of course, right? Of course. Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy 
I like Jimmy. Jimmy Kimmel. That's a hard one. I like them both. It is, right? How do you de-stress? Um, I take a shower and I call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> What's playing on your iPod right now? Um, what? Hmm, what was I last playing? Um, a new song by Rihanna that I can't even say because it has a swear word in it. <laughs> oh, you can say anything on here. Bitch <laughs> uh, better have my money by Rihanna. <laughs> nice, love it. One word that sums up your one word that sums up your experience so far at Lemus. Um, family. One thing you'd like to tell your 15-year-old self. Um, you know what you're doing. Trust yourself. Mm. One way you live life to the fullest every day. I stay up late. <laughs> Love that 60 seconds. Great answers. <laughs> Love that, Chris. Thank you so much for being with me today. This has been this has been great. Thank you. Um, so fun. So fun. Go see Chris McCarroll as Mar- Marius on Broadway in Les Miserables right now, and you can catch him June 1st at 54 Below, which is sure to be an incredible mm-hmm. show. I'm Erica Finn. That's it for tonight, guys. You can follow us on Twitter at Erica Finn, E-R-I-K-A-F-I-N-N. Have a wonderful night. Thanks, Erica. Have a great day. You have been listening to The Erica Finn Show. We would love to hear from you. Contact the show with any guest requests or comments at the Erica Finn Show at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter.